Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast. This one is a little different, kind of the same, but um, John Moljo, if you followed this podcast for any length of time, you know that John Moljo has been a frequent flyer. Um, he came up and visited me up in Vermont, and we had the pleasure of going over to our alma mater, SUNY Plattsburgh, in Plattsburgh, New York, real upstate. If you uh, listen to any of the guests that are from New York, I always ask, what's upstate New York? Plattsburgh area is absolutely upstate, basically Canada. But John and I were on our way back and we were on the ferry um, between upstate New York and Vermont and decided we had 15-ish minutes to sit and record a very brief podcast talking about programming. Kind of a different take with John. Normally we talk business, this time we talked about programming, kind of how he goes about it in a facility that sees everyone from very general population, people who've never been in a gym before, to some of the best athletes in his area, um, and just kind of his take on it. So it's a pretty good podcast. It's short. Um, Hopefully this one gets you through your drive to work, and uh, we'll be up next week with... Um, just some new guests that are coming down the pipeline. I don't want to reveal too much, but we do have some awesome guests coming and I look forward to sharing them all with you guys uh, over the next couple weeks. podcast land this is a super special episode not only is this experimental in a sense that the button was just pushed record no one is on the other side of the screen john moljo the man the myth himself three podcast episodes in he's on his fourth episode he's joining me we're live in my car right now on a boat on lake champlain so we're just coming back. We just spent the day over at SUNY Plattsburgh, John and Mai's alma mater. Um, I think I used that phrase correctly. We were alumni there. We were just visiting some friends. We're now on the boat. We have, the we have, we're on the ferry. We have 15 to 20 let's, minutes let's to kill. In, let's put some things into perspective. We are recording a podcast from your phone, sitting in your car that's on a ferry taking us from New York to Vermont. That's exactly what's happening. John also just saw the moon. You would think that this New Yorker has never seen life outside of the gridiron. <laughs> this is an audio podcast, so you can't hear it. But um, so this is this is great. This is um, a live episode. It's not live because it, it, you're not going to be able to hear it until after it's recorded and edited. But John's here. I don't edit. I I, everything was genuine. It's and genuine. Authentic. I slight edits. Slight edits. If you listen to the Damien. Um, Damian Perry episode, you know that there was some audio difficulties, so there was some editing for that. But John's here. Getting back to the subject here. John's here. In the past, him and I have talked a lot about business. John having a very successful gym and kind of been through the ringer on all different levels of training, whether it be in a commercial gym, independent, renting space, owning his own business, and now expanding that business. We're going to switch the script a little bit. We're going to start to pick John's brain on programming. One thing that John has done a very good job of over, I think, over the last seven, eight years of him being in business is really programming for the masses, whether it be athletes, whether it be the 55-year-old mom looking to get back in shape or someone who's never even been in the weight room before and is looking to really just start in, in the gym. John, 
give me just a brief overview on your programming philosophy and kind of your approach to it. Wow. Uh, so I'll be honest, I don't really ever talk about programming too much. It's, you know, for ever since I've opened a business, I've spent, um, you know, a lot of my mental space focused on business, focused on leadership. And, you know, I still do a decent amount of coaching. I probably coach, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 hours a week. And in the past, I don't know, six, seven years, I've definitely probably done well into the thousands of sessions, uh, including private training, small group training, camps with 100 kids, teams of 10, 15 kids, classes with 10-year-olds and 40-year-olds in it. So programming for me is something that is hard to talk about because it's, there's so many variables um, involved in it. It's always changing. But, you know, in, in its simplest form, I really just look to, to get people moving, feeling comfortable, feeling confident, um, and that's always the starting point, right? It's never, it's never trying to point things out to people that, that they're going to struggle with. It's never not to find and discover a bunch of things that, that are challenging to them. Most people, when they go and see you, they're having some limiting beliefs. They have some doubt in themselves, right? Because they don't feel that they can do things on their own. They don't feel like they can achieve success on their own. So the last thing I want to do when I meet with someone or a group of people is show them a bunch of other things that they're not really going to experience success with. So one of my major focuses in working with anyone is to find some things that, that they can do, right? Find some things that we can categorize as fitness oriented activities so they can start to feel confident and realize that fitness is something that's doable, something that's actually achievable for them. I like what you phrased there of finding things that people, can do really well and finding success early and this is something that I don't I don't know if you've ever experienced it but having young coaches on your staff and I and we were on a, um, a call today with a gentleman and you know like it's very common to want to get certifications and fall into these different systems of I'm an FMS trainer so I only do FMS screening and correctives or i big into, you know, functional range conditioning and, and we're doing all FRC training or I, I train West side barbell. So everything is conjugate method. How have you been able to navigate bias towards any one particular system in your career? Well, it's easy because if there was one system that was the best, everyone would be doing it. Right. You know, look at, look at nutrition. Like every, every Intermittent fasting is big. The keto diet is big. Like all these different diets are getting so much mainstream attention. If there was one thing that actually worked, everyone would be doing it. So having seen, you know, Olympic lifting go into the limelight, having seen CrossFit go into the limelight, having seen kettlebells go into the limelight, you start to become more aware of all these trends right? Whatever's getting pumped into the media, whatever your closest group of friends are talking about, whatever's popping up on your Facebook, like that tends to become your world because it's what you see most often, but it's just trends, right? Strength training is strength training, whether you're lifting a dumbbell or a kettlebell. So I really don't get, I, I call it like, don't get sucked in. I don't get sucked into anything because 
Um, I know in three months or six months, it's going to change. Like everything is cyclical. There is, there is no one, there isn't one way to skin the cat, right? If someone wants to get strong, um, there's many ways you can do that. I've trained clients out of the trunk of my car with like three kettlebells and a TRX and my clients experience success. Today, I own a 5,000 square foot facility with uh, bikes, Olympic bars, bumper plates, kettlebells, cable machines, treadmills, air bikes, like jump ropes, resistance bands, like, you know, everything. And they still experience success. So um, I try not to buy into one thing as opposed to I like to buy into the one thing that someone can experience success with and then prescribe. I think you said it today. Don't don't make the person fit the exercise, right? Find the exercise that fits the person. Yes. Right. I think I think, I think I phrase that. Right? that. I think, I think don't I put the square correctly. peg in the round hole. Right. You know, so if, if you really love doing clean and jerks, but someone has terrible shoulder mobility and has never cleaned the bar before, maybe that's not like the go-to move for them, right? You might love teaching it and teaching it is going to really highlight how passionate you are and how well you can coach but is it really going to highlight that person's ability and allow them to experience success what are some things that you found over the last however many all close to a decade what are some things that have remained constant in your programming constant in my programming body weight exercises right so there's always going to be a warm-up and the warm-up's always going to include some type of squat right there's 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 lunges. There's a lot of a lot of calisthenic stuff, so people become comfortable manipulating their own body weight. But also, people become educated on things that they can do when maybe they don't have access to a gym. Uh, at Team Mojo, we have like a 10-minute warm-up, which is just 10 minutes of body weight exercises, working uh, multiple muscle groups, synchronized movements, every plane of motion. One, because we use it to assess our clients, but two, if if our client's going to be away for a week, they're going to be equipped and educated with a series of movements to kind of put themselves through their own uh, routine. So definitely mastering your body weight and equipping people with a knowledge of body weight exercises, number one. And, you know, you have your, your primary movements, right? Pushes, right? Whether it's a vertical push or a horizontal push. So whether it's a chest press with a barbell, a dumbbell, a kettlebell, an overhead press with any of those variables. You have your pulls, right? Pull-ups, chin-ups. Some people can't do that. So I think TRX row is excellent. Inverted rows are excellent. Um, any type of locomotive exercise. So you got to get people walking in a linear and a, a lateral movement. You got to get people lunging, pushing the sled, something that's gonna, just going to foster some type of locomotive movement. Lifting things off the floor, whether it's a barbell deadlift, a hex bar deadlift, a kettlebell deadlift. You know, I've, I've met too many people who were like, ah, oh, the, the, the trap bar, who lists with the trap bar? It's all, it's all straight bar, whatever. Like you think like a 55 year old woman, like whether she's lifting a trap bar or a straight bar, like that doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter at all. When, you, when you're doing a, a, a pull up, should you have your hands this close, this wide? Like just pull yourself up. Let's get into the details a little bit later, but let's understand that these movements actually need to occur and we need to find the best methods and modalities to, to get you actually performing these movements. Yeah, I think my favorite phrase, and I think at this point, it's been probably everyone's taken it or everyone's got their own version of it, but really making sure that we really look to train the adaptation or, or what we're trying to get from 
from the exercise rather than the exercise itself. If your approach is, hey, every one of my clients is going to deadlift from the floor, you know, that narrow-minded approach or, or very limiting approach isn't probably going to be best for someone that has had a disectomy or something like that to their spine or a major surgery or anything like that. I mean, like someone like yourself, you've had big time back surgery, back surgery like but you know it's a challenge it's not it's not going to be one of the initial movements that that I do for programming it takes you know it takes me between injuries and uh, you know stiffness like it takes me you know anywhere from 10 15 20 minutes to warm up so if I've got 40 minutes or 45 minutes to work out uh, I'm probably not going to spend 20 minutes of it warming up so I can deadlift off the floor that trainers we always gotta remember this is something that um strength action actually just posted about a couple weeks ago we're not the hero you know like it's not our story we're just a part of someone else's story and, and the sooner we can re realize that and remember that the better off we are with working with people and my last question for you is it's kind of a different a, a different approach to programming but you have a new say you have a new coach in your facility and you're talking to them about how you program like what are some key points that you want your coach or would want a new coach to remember like if they're working in your facility and you're talking programming to like what would you want them to remember or think about when they're writing their own program for a session or, or just kind of acclimating them to your facility uh, i would want them to think about and that you're talking like just in regards to programming right? yeah you're talking about like a session maybe and you can pick if it's an individual or a group session or whatever it might be, but what are just some big, big block concepts that you would really stress that you'd want someone to remember day to day or session to session? Well, I think the goal for everyone, whether it's an athlete or um, someone who's in their forties or fifties, right? The goal for everyone is longevity, right? Everyone wants to be able to, to move well, feel good for as long as possible. So you have to be thinking about that in your programming. You have to be thinking about the frequency in which you want your clients to train, right? In, in fitness, or especially in personal training or small group training, like the more frequent your, your clients train, the, the better it is for your business, whether you're a personal trainer or even, even a business owner. Right? If your clients are constantly sore, if your clients are battling some type of injury, if your clients are unhappy and not motivated by the workout that they're going to be doing, uh, there's, they're more at risk for not showing up. And if your clients aren't going to be frequent, it's going to be hard for you to establish a career, hard for a business to thrive if your clients don't want to show up every single day, right? So you want to find something that caters to longevity, number one, something that's going to push them, but also allow them to feel confident and want to come back the next day to work out again uh, and lastly something that's that's fun right you want your clients to start to associate fitness with something that they enjoy doing because then they will do more of it when you give them an outlet of fun an outlet of enjoyment it tends to help out in other areas of their life in, in their life and uh, they'll start to associate with someone that makes them feel good makes them look better makes them smile makes them have fun i i look at my my client roster and you know i have fun with all of my clients and do i do i do programming yes for some i do but for other clients who come four or five days a week it, 
it's like, hey, how do you feel today? You know, what are you in the mood for? Is it, do you not want to think today? And let me, give me some feedback and, you know, let's agree on some type of mutual um, workout. I don't want my clients to hate fitness. I don't want my clients to feel like it's a chore. I want them again. I want them excited about spending an hour with me. And I want to be excited to spend time with my clients um, as well. And if I go into the program maybe with getting them to have fun, getting them to feel good, getting them to enjoy this. I think when we look at a lot of it, it's just finding ways through people, finding ways to have people build into a community. And then you know, like just a lot of these like psychological aspects that kind of get overlooked. Like, yeah, bench pressing is great. Back squatting is great. But if people don't see the point to it or the why behind it, and it's not fun and it's kind of like this demanding, like come in and do my X's and my O's, then people aren't going to be, they're, they're screwed. They're not, look, they're like, like everyone says there, there has to be a goal for training. And yes, like I a hundred percent believe that I've, I've trained, um, as if I was going to do like, you know, I, I've trained for pretty challenging kettlebell workshops, pretty challenging kettlebell certifications. I've done like 12 week nutrition and lifting preps. Like, so I've been pretty well-rounded, um, in my training regimen and yeah, like there's going to be clients who have to be locked in, who have to dial in because maybe they're doing, uh, maybe, maybe they have a competition coming up. Maybe they have some type of fitness show coming up and there isn't going to be a lot of leeway in their programming, but you know, those clients are rare. They're, they're not the general population. They're not majority of the client that I have in my business. We do have a handful of people who do have that specific goal and it's okay to lock it in for three months, four months. But, um, as the fitness professional, the goal should always be, you know, lots of little things for long periods of time. Right. So you're, you might not have the specific deadline in which like I have to do this competition or I have to be on stage or I have to be performing this amount of reps for this weight by this date. But uh, I want my client to work out three to four times per week for the next eight to 10 weeks, right? So you're giving your clients more process goals. I think it's great to give your clients that feedback and say, hey, maybe you don't have a, a weight loss goal or some type of strength goal in mind right now, but like, take some reflection on the fact that you've been consistently working out multiple times a week, racking in lots of volume. And when it's all said and done, that's going to pay dividends to them over the long haul. Yeah. Tony Genocore was the first guy I heard this from, but he said the best program is three by 52. It's three workouts a week for 52 weeks a year typically makes for a pretty happy, healthy person. And, you know, like that level of consistency typically comes with, like you're saying, more specific goals at times, more process goals at times. But the biggest factor there is just people being consistent to themselves, getting them in a spot where they can be better, better for themselves. Right. I 100% agree. Well, John, thank you so much. The ferry ride is actually done. We're now driving through the islands of northern Vermont. If anyone's uh, from northern Vermont, we're, we're close to Grand Isle near the sandbar right now. So... I have no idea how the audio of this sounds, but um, well, we're done. That's it. I, I mean, it's just it's three things. You know, it's it's casual. I think you never really only ask three things. I, so. It's it's, it's, it's something more. like that. But I, at some point, I'm gonna need two hands on the wheel here. Um, yeah, Casey like, drives ten miles an hour 
it's slower than it is very limit. slow never be in a rush yeah. to anyone driving maybe you have a young child in the car is getting their permit soon i don't know it is a nice move it's you guys can't see it maybe we'll get a picture we'll post a picture it's almost a full moon it looks more like a, a it's waning like, crescent it's like, it's like a seven eighths moon I don't know. I'm going to go with waning crescent. Anyone? I don't even know what that is. Anyone hit up co at Coach Casey Lee uh, on Instagram and tell me what a 7 eighths moon is. We would appreciate it. Um, John Moljo, episode number four is in the books. Episode number five will have to be a critical conversation, and, uh, and we'll do an hour-long episode. Woo! Hi everyone, it's Casey again. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and I wanted to ask you a huge favor. I don't ask for a lot of favors, but if you could, whatever you're listening to this podcast through, iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, if you could take a minute and just go write a review, I would really appreciate it. I don't get any bonus points or anything like that for it, but I really think it would help get the word out, and if this podcast has helped you, it might help someone else, and it'll do a better job of getting that word out to who might need it.